0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Today on the podcast, we're going to Psalm ninety-nine and Psalm one hundred. Try to do both psalms at once. And I'd like to deal with this matter of praise, and I'd like to deal with this matter of rejoicing and the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. What a joy it is to be a child of God. I thank God for the services here in Harrisburg. We've had a good time with the folks at the Second Chance Bible Church looking for God's wonderful work and uh, looking for a mighty miracle from God. We've had some folks in the services that need to hear from God. We've had some folks in the services that need Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior and uh, seeking salvation. And yet God has not brought them salvation at this point, but he has brought them the word of God. It's the word of God. that's going to sort out their thoughts and sort out their hearts, sort out their minds. It's God that can bring them into repentance. And God brings them to that place skillfully by the word of God and with the word of God. And that's the goodness of God. I've said for many, many years, uh, I've said wrong that the goodness of God is the things God does for us, the things God gives us. But no, the goodness of God is simply his very nature. It's the very character of God, that God is good. The Lord is good. It's in his very character to be good. He does good to all men. The fact that he would clothe men and feed men and be kind to men, that's just an outpouring of his character, the fact that the Lord indeed is good. Please pray for our services, and starting at Shippensburg on Sunday, we'll be tonight, then still in Harrisburg, and then on Sunday, we'll be at the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. That'll be all day Sunday and then 7 o'clock each night. And we're looking to see what God will do in those services. We're looking for a mighty move of God, a stirring of God. And we want to see folks saved. We want to see the saints of God revived. And I believe it's going to take the goodness of God to do that. And so again, pray for us tonight. Pray for us this coming weekend. And then we'll announce further services. We continue this run of about nine straight weeks this fall. And I thank you again for tuning into the podcast. But uh, Psalm 99, the Lord reigneth let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. Now, again, we understand that tabernacle on earth was a replica, if you will, of that which was in the heavenly, and God sitteth between the cherubims. And there's no doubt that that's where he reigns from. The Lord tells us that. There's so many things we see distinctive in the scriptures, how God works. And we see the throne of God in Revelation, the workings of God, the light and we see the lamps and we see the angels, and there's so many things we see around the throne of God. Here, the psalmist gives us insight into God sitteth between the cherubims, just as he did on earth in the tabernacle of God. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. Now, again, we're looking at Messianic Psalms, and you say, well, this isn't really a psalm of Messiah. This isn't really looking for anything to come, but it's magnifying the Lord. It is glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, his marvelous workings. He is great in Zion. He is high above all the people, and he's been extolled. He's been put in his rightful place. He is high above all the people. He's been exalted by man. He's put in his right place. He's the greatest of all. He's that potentate. And so let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. So again, we're to praise the name of the Lord. How do we do that? We praise him verbally. We praise him vocally. We praise him in song. We praise him with praises. We praise him with shoutings. We praise him with a strong voice. We praise him for his name. We praise him for who he is. We glorify his name with our mouths when we praise him. And it's not just a show of the flesh. It's not just trying to impress somebody, and there is rejoicing oftentimes involved in praise. There can be worshipful praise, but when we praise him, it's that audible response to him, that audible cry unto him, and often it is done in song. It's why we sing hymns in our services. We sing as a praise to the Most High God, and he is to be praised. And i said often, if you learn to praise him in private, public praise will just come naturally to you. And again, not a show of the flesh, not just to show somebody how loud you can holler and how boisterous you can be and how obnoxious you can be. No, but to praise him from the heart, praise him for his character of his goodness. So it says, let them praise thy great and terrible name for it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. And the Lord's judgment is a righteous judgment. The Lord's judgment is done in equity. It has all fairness. It has all balance. It has everything that equity speaks of. It's done the same for all men. And so that's the way that God operates. God rewards the same for all men according to their works. And then God also judges, whether it be good or whether it be bad, Uh, in our opinion, good or bad, God judges those things in equity. He's fair. He's just. He has salvation. Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. And again, that worship, of course, is a picture of us face down, a picture at his feet. That's why it says at his footstool. We come as that woman uh, came and broke that alabaster box and washed the feet of Jesus. And we also know that, uh, that Jesus Christ, when he was exalted and when he's lifted up, we're at his feet. We're at his footstool, we worship him. That's the place of worship. You can worship standing up, you can worship sitting down. But in our hearts, our hearts, the position is to bow down before him, to humble ourselves at his feet, to cease not to kiss his feet, to put our tears upon his feet, to wipe his feet with our hair. The position of humility is a position of worship. Yet very little of that goes on. Worship today is just swaying back and forth with sensual music and, and you know, a slightly off-key song being played, maybe something in a D minor and, you know, people going back and forth and some lights dimming. And, you know, that's considered worship today. But yet that's not the worship of the heart. That's just worship in the flesh. You can praise in the flesh. You can worship in the flesh. You can rejoice in the flesh. And yet you know, at the same time, you can praise internally, worship internally, rejoice internally. You can rejoice in your spirit. and yet that's the command of God that we are to praise him. We are to worship him. And so I don't want to make light of those things. And some people's praise is different than mine. Uh, some people's worship is different than mine. God forbid that I try to put people in a box with my worship and with my praise. There's times I'm very audible. There's times I'm overcome with joy. There's times I'm very silent. There's times I sit there and weep. There's times I sit there and just in adoration. And by the way, when we see a move of God and we see a stirring of God, what we would like to call revival, it is going to be a time when people sit at Jesus' feet and adore him and worship him and see that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And Moses and Aaron in verse six, among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name. And they called upon the Lord, and he answered them. Now, we see three men here that called upon the Lord. They were the anointed of God. We see when Moses was called, Moses, Moses, there at the burning bush, God called him by name. Then God told him to go get his brother Aaron. Aaron was going to be the priest. Moses himself It was God's man. He was the lawgiver. And then we see Samuel called by name, Samuel, Samuel. God called him as but a youth. God anointed him in his youth. He was one of the great prophets of God. He's one of the great priests of God. And he said that among them that call upon his name, they called upon the Lord and he answered them. Why did they call upon the Lord? They didn't call upon the Lord for salvation. They called upon the Lord because they believed in him. They called upon him in whom they have believed. And that's what's missing today in Romans 10 and 14. Men are calling upon the name of the Lord, but they don't believe him. They're repeating the prayer out of obligation. They're repeating the prayer out of practice. They're repeating the prayer because they're told to children make professions at young ages, having No clue who God is. No idea who God is. No idea who they're believing in. No idea who they're supposed to believe in. But these men called upon the name of the Lord. They called upon him in whom they believe. And my friend, how should they hear without a preacher? They need to be told, they need to be preached to, they need to hear the word of God, they might believe the very words of God, and if they'll believe the words of God in their heart, then they can call upon the name of the Lord, and God will answer them. And I believe these men worshiped God, I believe these men praised God, I believe these men had that relationship with God. It's evidenced in the word of God that they did. He said in verse 7, he spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinances that he gave them. Thou answerest them, O Lord our God. Thou wast a God that forgavest them, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. So again, he tells us of these same men. He tells us of those men. They came unto him in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. And so God spake to them. God ministered to them. God gave them law and they kept that law. God gave them ordinances and they kept those ordinances. Why? They were the men of God. And they praised and they worshiped through it all. Psalm 100, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. There's that praise. There's that opportunity for praise. I'm not a big fan of a public demonstration, of of an individual or group's singing. I don't mind somebody singing a song in church. Please don't understand that. But I like the congregational praise. I like when a congregation lifts up their voice as one. I like when a congregation skillfully lifts up their voice and they sing those own songs of God and they worship the Lord and they worship him, the beauty of holiness with song. He told us to do that. He told us come before his presence with singing. I've seen his presence come in the singing. I sing sing songs like all oh, that thrills my soul as Jesus and the saints of God began to worship and the saints of God began to praise and the very presence of God made manifest in the service and the very presence of God was made manifest in my heart, in my soul. And oh, I long that God would do that even tonight in the services, that God would do that for us, that even tonight God would minister to our needs in song as we praise him and exalt his name. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Why? Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is. We must believe that he is. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is the good shepherd. He gave us life for the sheep and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, what a privilege it is to come into his gates with thanksgiving. Old preacher, Brother Herbert, many years ago, he taught me the difference between a testimony and a test of baloney. And thanksgiving is a testimony. When you come in and you just thank the Lord for what he's done, thank the Lord for his goodness, thank the Lord for his mercy, thank the Lord for, for the absolute mercy that he showed us through his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sins, that he would die for us a sinner. And to come with that humility and come with that brokenness and come worshipful and lift up our holy hands and praise his name. True thanksgiving. And he said into his courts with that thanksgiving. And then he taught me the difference is a test of baloney. And that's people that stand up and brag about everything they've done for God and brag about all the little tangible things that they've touched and they've had part of. And all the people they told about Jesus. And these get up and boast of what they have done. But yet the saints of God into his courts or his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless his holy name. And we see the Lord high and lifted up when God's people bless his name, when he gets credit for all that's due him, when he gets praise for all he's worthy of, when he gets worship at his feet, the adoration of Jesus Christ at his feet, then we can see a manifestation of the presence of God If we come with a pure heart, if we come with righteousness, if we come with no motive other than simply to praise him, to worship him, to exalt him, to extol him, to magnify him, all enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. There's the very character of the Lord. He is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all Generations. If there's anything that's worthy of his praise, it's simply those two statements. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. His mercy reaches under the heavens, his truth under the clouds. The mercy of God is an everlasting mercy. God is merciful. It's in his character to be merciful. It's in his person to be merciful. He is a God of mercy, just like he's a God of long-suffering. But then he also says his truth endureth to all generations. There will not be a generation on this earth that will not have the opportunity to hear truth. There will not be a generation that cannot hear truth. Yet, according to the word of God, they would not receive the love of the truth. And that's why they perish. And my friend, our job today is to convince them to receive the love of the truth. Wouldn't it be a blessed thing? When people come into the house of God and they see the saints of God with true worship, praise upon their lips, praising him in hymns, praising him in songs, exalting his name, putting him in his rightful place, uh, worshipful at his feet. What a blessing it would be if people could see that. What a blessing it would be if we could return to that again. Well, according to the scriptures, we can. This has been an exhortation on praise and worship. And my friend, I pray we'll take this to heart. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine without. Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com. 17006 Thank you for listening and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow and remember to look up for your redemption for all at night. Now the angel